Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to another edition of the Let's Go Ricky Roll podcast with Josh Tolley. I'm Bethel Duran. I'm Bethel Duran. Thanks as always uh, for listening, subscribing, watching, and interacting with us. We'll get to Josh and Ricky in a bit. Uh, just right now, a couple of things of housekeeping. Uh, on YouTube, if you're looking for it, it's under my name, Bethel Duran, because it's my page. And I just don't want to transfer everything else. I'm just trying to make it easier for myself. On iTunes and Spotify, just type in Let's Go Ricky Roll or Ricky Romero or Josh Tolley. I did that this morning. The names pop up. It has its own page there uh, on Instagram. It's Let's Go Ricky Row. Uh, send the DMs. We do appreciate everything. I read them and then I send them to the guys in the group chat. We appreciate you. Last week's episode, we were talking about mascots in Mexico. Uh, really got people fired up. I think we might have to do a part two with that and uh, introduce totally to some more of the mascots that they have in Mexico. But before we get to today's show, it was supposed to be about opening day stories, how is everything going on, oh, the, the wonderful days of seeing my uniform hanging up, but no, 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 we got more important stuff, we were talking right before the show started, and it turns out that Tolly is going down to Scranton, Pennsylvania this morning, and it got going about ghosts in hotel rooms, and all of a sudden, I'm googling, and you guys are scared, and there's hotel rooms that are haunted in the major leagues, um, Tolly? How you doing, Ricky? How are you doing? And what the hell? This is for reals? Yeah, this is for real. <laughs> Guys, I'm scared to death. I'm in a studio by myself, and we just got done talking about ghosts. I'm waiting <laughs> for my door to open. If my door opens, I'm out of here. I promise you that. Oh, my God. It's, it, it's funny, though. It's funny. We're talking off air, and it's like all these memories just start coming back of the minor leagues. And... You you think you would think that the stories end at some point, but it's almost like you start thinking. You're like, oh, remember when we stayed here and such and such was scared of the ghosts, and it's real stuff. Like these guys, um, the the reason it came up was because Josh was saying that he's going to Scranton, Pennsylvania this this afternoon for his son's game, and I was like, hey, are you staying at um, the what is it, the Radisson Lackawanna or Lackawanna? The Renaissance. No, no, no. In the in uh, Scranton oh, is the oh, Radisson. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, I was like, hey, and he's like, I, you couldn't pay me to stay. <laughs> nope. nope. Hey, you know what's funny, guys? We say that the stories end, but you know, I, I find it ironic that the last what three weeks, all of our stories are minor league stories, and it, it's interesting because these type of things don't happen in the big leagues. They, they all happen in the minor leagues, whether it be bus trips, hotel rooms, whatever that comes in between, just stuff you see on the field. 
you only capture this in the minor leagues and it's like they're they're endless they, they go on forever you we could do this 24 straight hours and never run out of uh run out of breath well we're going to do this every single week live on youtube tuesdays at 10 or one o'clock eastern or wherever you may be we have a, a couple of people listening in the uk and before we get into the baseball and all that other stuff you mentioned these ghosts and i've heard it in the nba world in oklahoma city there's a a uh, uh, haunted hotel when the Lakers go play the Thunder there that nobody wants to stay at. So you guys were talking about this uh, hotel in Scranton, Pennsylvania. I Google it. It's the first thing that pops up. There's like five different stories. Philadelphia Magazine wrote about it. Vince Scully told this story on during a broadcast that it went viral and uh, that Wade Davis and David Price and that they were so scared that they stayed out of their room and they were they left the hotel room at seven in the morning just to walk out because they were so scared in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And I'm thinking, okay, this is cool, whatever. But you guys actually saw it firsthand, totally. Yeah, Andy LaRoche. I will never forget it. <laughs> I had a we had we both had corner rooms, and it was like two in the morning. And he calls me, and he says, "I'm in the hallway. Can I come into your room?" I opened my door and he's sitting there in his underwear. I said, what happened? And it was something like the, the faucet kept turning on and then the TV kept uh, going in and out. And he felt like there was somebody in his room and he couldn't uh, he, he couldn't sleep the rest of the night in his uh, his own hotel room. You know what's funny though, Josh? Every time we I felt like we got to that hotel, it was like two in the morning. Even like the, the people at the front desk in the middle of the night were like, like it, it, it almost seemed like they weren't real. Like there were ghosts, like just helping you get no. your keys. And then like yeah. everything just seemed so creepy about it. And then I remember um, I used to get my own room and on every road trip when I got sent down and you, you just get used to that in, in the big leagues. You're like, you don't share a room in the minor leagues. You're sharing a room with somebody. And for those trips, I'd always ask somebody if they wanted to share a room. I remember once I did get my own room. I like literally slept with the covers over my head the whole night. Like I could, I didn't yeah. want to move. I was like, just please, like, just don't, 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 don't scare the shit out of me when I'm sleeping. That's all I hey. wanted. <laughs> hey, you know what? Ricky Bonus, Ricky Bonus, he's the bullpen coach for the Mets. We yeah. were, we were with uh, another haunted hotel story. But, um, oh no, I guess he would have been my pitching coach one year in AAA. Um, that'd have been 2010. He might've been my pitching coaches where, where it happened. And we were going there and he says that he talks to the ghost when he walks in. Hey guys, I'm just here for a couple nights working. Don't bother. I won't bother you. Don't bother me. We're good. And then Stop he never it. has problems. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. So I started doing it and I still got so scared. I just, Ricky, I, I feel you because I would just go across the street to, uh, to the, the hotel next door. I would not. My last two trips in, I would not sleep there. Well, that's I just go ahead, Rick. I just I, like like I said, I just heard I would I, nothing ever happened with me personally, but I would hear the stories, and these guys were like dead serious, like they weren't like messing around. It wasn't like it's like, dude, like my faucet kept turning on, my 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 toilet yeah. flushed, uh, my TV kept turning on and off, and you're just like, what? And that you mentioned Beto, it used to be a morgue for. Yeah. war veterans back in the day that like the there's supposedly if you keep going down in the elevator you run into that like down like yeah, the basement the basement hell no i never went there's some guys that went no. down there but i never hell no not, okay, so, not in a million years that so everybody has the same stories i didn't even yeah. tell you guys about this article i'm reading right now 
David Price says that he and Wade Davis were in the lobby by 7 a.m. checking out because we went to the Ramada <laughs> just like you guys. Yeah. What you're talking about, Tolly? They said we heard weird noises. People knocking on the door. We open it. They're not there. We turned the air conditioner on and it would go hot. We turned it cold. It got hot. We turned it hot. It got cold. We kept hearing <laughs> screaming. We checked out of the yeah. room. We left as soon as we could. You could nice. not sleep. I put my blankets over my head. I could not sleep. We oh. just left. They looked at us at 730 in the morning. Well, what are you guys doing down here? What baseball player wakes up before noon? It's true. <laughs> it's true. Hey, yeah. hey I had I just Ugh. had goosebumps of you, you telling that wait? story. Oh man, Ricky! I mean, I know exactly what it is. When you walk in, it's like it, everything is eerie. You're like, oh my god, it's, who's going to jump out at me? Who's going to yell? Who's going to yeah. my door? I remember somebody's door. The key's not working to get into their room. All their stuff was in there. They couldn't. They couldn't get into the room. The the latch the latch was locked. <laughs> well, you hear you you hear about that one. You hear about the the um the one in uh in Tampa too. The Renaissance we used to stay at. I never experienced anything there, but apparently there's a there's a lady that I think walks the hallways there at night. Um, I heard stories about guys mentioning that their room would like rattle at night. Um. I only stayed at the Fister in Milwaukee once. You probably stayed there more than I did, uh, Josh. But that place, they say that one's haunted too. So it's just like all these stories about those hotels, those those cities that you're just like, man, just leave me alone. I don't want to be scared. <laughs> just, hey, I'm just here to play baseball. Right. How about the Fister? This is a story, and I wish my dad was on right now to tell the story. So we did a we did a beer tour of oh, uh, uh, Fister Hotel. Fister. Where yeah, at? What city? Milwaukee. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, so my, my dad and I do, um, we, we go to the Miller beer tour or whatever on an off day that we had in Milwaukee and we had got done around like, I think six or five or six. And we went back to the hotel. He had his own room. I had my own room and he ends up, we were supposed to meet for dinner. We both took, ended up taking a nap. We woke up at seven. He calls me and says, Holy crap. My, same thing. My water turned on as he went to go turn his water off. The closet door opened and the TV changed channels. No, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My dad says, I think I'm getting out of this hotel. This isn't, uh, I said, oh, you got a good rate though. So who's, uh, well, what's the problem? Totally. It's a big league hotel pops. Come on. Totally. Yeah. Well, I mean, what are you complaining about? Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Let's Go Ricky Roll Ghost Edition uh, podcast. Um, <laughs> totally. I asked you the name of the, the hotel. You said Fister. And I start typing it in. As I'm not even done typing it in on Google, it pops up Haunted Hotel. Like, not even Milwaukee or anything like that. The yeah. famed Fister is one yeah. of the most haunted hotels in the country, arguably the world. Why do you guys yeah. stay there? What? What? Aren't there other hotels? Uh, no, not in Milwaukee, I don't think. <laughs> no big league hotels in Milwaukee like that. Oh, okay, I, I need to get off the subject right now. I just got a little goosebumps. Uh, I'm reading the story. Adrian Beltre playing for the Dodgers, walked into his room, television switching <clears throat> on and off by itself. Yep. Okay. I I'm, think it, uh, the, the one in, in Tampa, <laughs> the Vinoy, the Vinoy uh, Renaissance Hotel, the Vinoy, 
And I think I want to say somebody said they might have done an episode of uh, what's that show? The the ghost one where they go hunt ghost, ghost hunters. Chase. Ghost hunters, yeah. Ghost hunters or yeah. paranormal state. Oh, I think. Oh my god! I didn't know the Vinoy. I didn't know the Vinoy was uh, was haunted. I never had any issues there. You just type in Vinoy haunted hotel in Tampa. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely believe you. Yeah, I had I had Mike Shaw always hooked me up with the best hotel room there. Oh, yeah, no, it's a beautiful hotel. <clears throat> it's yeah. a beautiful oh, hotel. This is what you get on the on the podcast right here. You want to oh, hear during, this? This is it during World War Two. It was temporarily utilized by the U.S. Army for uh, training school. After the war, the hotel was sold to a new owner. So I'm sure it was, yeah, it was used for some type of war, probably. Yeah, criminals inside of the walls daily and even described yes. it as creepy, a creepy building. So, yeah, it's creepy. See, I'm not a guy who, like, believes in all that crazy stuff or all that th- paranormal activity. I'm like, man, whatever. <clears throat> but hearing enough stories, I know not to mess with it. And I'm gonna do what Ricky Bonus did. What's up, guys? Here for a couple days. We good? Yeah. All right, bro. Good to see you. Good, what, good, what, good what, talking. What you, you you do a lot of boxing fights, Beto. What would you do if uh, if they said, Dude. hey, if, if if a friend of yours said, hey, uh, um, the you know whatever casino one, it, this this route, this it's haunted here. What would you do? I'm gone. I <laughs> 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 <Hey>, remember. <laughs> th- I'm, I'm I've been in some really weird cities and really suspect hotels at times like you go to nice cities but you like boxing promoters are cheap as hell so they're not going to pay for every, like oscar takes care of us but when you work for the smaller ones i mean sometimes you're staying at a dare you win and it, it's uh you just make sure you're mm, no but no i'm gonna do what totally does i'm gonna go across the street to the other hotel because also rick come on we're mexican we grew up with la llorona and everybody telling you like all yeah. these stories about they're gonna come kidnap you i don't want to yeah. deal anything with that but i yeah. People think it's easy being in the major leagues. You know, it's a five-star hotel, but there's five-star problems there, too. All right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh, man. I can't believe we just spent 13 minutes talking about scary hotels. And you know who would tell you this? Michael Thompson, former Laker. In Oklahoma City, he is freaked out of that hotel. I guess the lady that walks the hallways was the mistress of the hotel owner. And she was killed there. The, the legend goes, and like she Aww. makes all kinds of noise, and he's like, and he does the same thing. He's like, just leave me alone, lady. Just leave me alone. Whew, all right, all right. Yeah, that that that's like, nah, no thanks. <laughs> hey, hey, hey uh, Beto, I'm gonna get a picture tonight. I'm gonna get down there a little bit early. I'll take a picture of the hotel. Nice nope. photo. Nope. Yep. And nope. then uh, let's uh, let's share it. Let's share it on the Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are what are you gonna, you're gonna stand in front of the uh hotel? Yeah, I'll have my son take it. Are you gonna go inside? I'll go in, I might get some, yeah, I might get oh maybe an Instagram live feed from inside. <laughs> <laughs> you won't go down to the basement. I won't. No, you're right. I, <laughs> what, I might not ever walk in that house that, that hotel again. Totally. What if your son says, Dad, I'm not scared, there's no such thing as ghosts, let's go. Then I have to go. Oh, we got to get a hold of your kid. We got to get a hold of no. your kid. We got to make it do. I mean, I just had, I, hey, my spine just tingled. 
They're coming to get you. Uh, Darren, what's up? You're watching from Panama right now. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Darren, send me a a message and we'll get you a sticker down to Panama. All right. Now, before we get going into... Yeah, I told you we're going international. Now, before we go into baseball talk and opening day and uh, what happened with everything else, let's get the update on Farmer Tolly. Tolly, how is the 300 acres that you got going on? Well, I'm going to tell you the schoolhouse, um, the schoolhouse that we've been working on. We had the code guy show up yesterday and now we have to, uh, now we have to change some things around, but it's okay. Some minor adjustments. The code guys always ruin everything for us. Um, but it, it's good. We're painting the windows. My father-in-law is painting the windows actually, as we speak. Look, Look, at, that. Nice Look at that. Look at that. Nice that wow. Yeah, it's freaking awesome. So, yeah, the windows are getting painted. Uh, I picked up all the ash flooring for it. So that's uh, two weeks to acclimate inside the building. And uh, once we lay that, we're uh, we're good to go painting the next two weeks. But I'm going to tell you what I did, what I really did. I've been golf ball hunting at the golf course what? by my house. 500 golf balls the other day, me and my <laughs> me and my three kids, my two kids. Whoa. How many probably ones? Um, we're, we've been, uh, so they go through the ball washer. We have a ball washer and they go through them and then we'll start sorting them because we went yesterday again and got another about probably, well, we probably have 500 or so in total. We got about a hundred yesterday. So 400 the first day, 500. That's about, that's yeah. about, uh, five rounds for Beto for him yep. to lose those balls right there. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. 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 If there's water. So. That's what that's what's been going on on the hill, guys. No, 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 no. We got more because uh, Farmer Tolly had service last week, and he was in the farmhouse. Something about a chimney. You you sent me and Ricky a message that you were in a chimney. Oh. What is this? Yeah, we had a we had a twenty foot chimney suspended about ten feet in the air, and we had to take it down one brick at a time. <laughs> Dude, the, yeah. those, those bricks look heavy though. <laughs> This is Either, yeah, they're 50 pounds a piece. Wow. Look at that. Jeez. Wait, this Dude, is fantastic. I can't wait to see the finished product on this. Yeah. yeah. I, it's I, freaking um, awesome. This is uh, – Ricky, would you ever do anything like that? Nope. Absolutely not. There's a reason <laughs> I live in the city. <laughs> Tony, <laughs> you, have, um, you, you have a farmhouse, right, or a schoolhouse – is that where you're going to educate yeah. your kids? They're going to go in there? Nope. My kids are going to go right back to school um, <laughs> starting next year. So why are you building a schoolhouse? Uh, my wife, my wife, Catherine, her Pilates, um, her Pilates, she's going to do Pilates classes out of there. Oh, okay, and then we're going okay. to use the, it, it's going to be more um, like for group classes, but we're also, uh, the, uh, my, my in-laws do, an, they'll do an art show in there and then okay. you know, we can do whatever we want with it. Bring a band in. Sit there and drink whiskey all night. Yeah, if there's any left. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. We, we took care of them. Uh, the delivery did show up. Slow Brew hooked them up. Rotterhammer's bourbon. Uh, I got that. Some whiskey showed up to Tolly. And he also got some uh, micheladas, Tio Rodrigo micheladas. And Tolly, I should have asked this. Do you even know what a michelada is? No, I asked, asked Ricky. You were, you, were, you, were, you, were, you were away before the show. And Ricky and I, I said, hey, what is this? I said, man, that thing was spicy. 
And there are they are spicy. Some of those are spicy. I think the first one he gave me to, I was like, "Damn, this is this is spicy." Not all of them are spicy, but it, I told him it's like a, it's a Mexican version of a Bloody Mary. Yeah, with beer. All right, so with beer. I should have asked that totally. I should have just sent you some regular beers. Like it's all right. Like, did you have any clue what a michelada was before you got that delivered? No, I I opened the box and I opened the can and took a sip of it right away and I went. <laughs> I thought it was a crap beer. I swear to God. I was expecting it to have like a beer flavor and I went, Ooh, and it hit my lips. The first, the first taste, like the first taste, <laughs> the original taste didn't like hit me. And then, uh, I got some cayenne pepper or something and my goodness, that no, my yeah. nose started running. Yeah. They were supposed to send you the Hefweizen, the regular Cali squeeze Hefweizen, like the nice, like kind of Ooh. blue moonish, but yep. uh, I guess they did it. And thanks to Theo Rodrigo, uh, hooking us up right now. So Theo Rodrigo craft beer. All that other good stuff. That's our sponsor. We'll take care of you. Totally, totally set up, yeah. ready to go. All right, Rick. Freaking off. All right, here we go. Now, um, last week, our good friend Ricardo Romero made his local TV debut here in Southern California. He was on KTLA Channel 5 at 11.30 p.m. Everybody was asleep. Uh, but we stayed up. We saw Ricky. Ricky, normally you go to sleep at what, 9? Yeah, dude. 9, 9.30. <laughs> I was there at... Eight o'clock for a eleven thirty show. I almost felt like I was the starting pitcher that night or something. Be here three hours before game time, get prepped. But you know what? I think uh, the cool thing about that is that you don't realize the preparation that goes into it behind closed doors with those guys. And um, the guy I was on, Darren um, from Channel Five, he was awesome to work with. He 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 pretty much said, "Hey, here you go. This is what what we're gonna ask you." He they made it so easy on me, the whole crew there. But I didn't realize how much work goes into that, Beto, where you know, coming up with your own script, reading off, reading off the screen and, and stuff like that. I was like, wow, this this is just it just happens so fast. And everyone kept saying it's going to happen fast. It's going to happen fast. And I'm like, half hour goes by fast. Really? And it really does. And a few times having a producer in my ear saying, OK, um, <laughs> um, let's, let's take it to commercial. And I'm like, you know, wrapping up my thoughts. So I never really got caught up by it. I, I think I was well prepared one by you, Beto. Obviously, you're like, hey, don't 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 panic. Just finish it really quick. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was exciting, man. It was cool. It was it, it, anytime you get to talk baseball and and obviously we're talking about the Dodgers, the Angels and and the and the Padres. Uh, and then they obviously played some highlights of my opening day started in 2011. That was cool. So, in all, it was it was an awesome experience. Yeah, it was really cool. And totally, I know you didn't see it because um, you're on the East Coast and it's local TV here. And not because you're my friend Ricky and not because we've been doing it for a while, but I was getting text messages from people telling me, wow, Ricky's really improved his on-camera presence. Because when we started doing the podcast, it's one thing to talk, you know, those totally just a regular talk. But it's another thing when you actually have a camera in front of you like you do right now. So when we started doing the video stuff last year, it was kind of weird kind of thing. And I've been doing TV a while, so Ricky took some adjustment. And I'm watching you. I totally, I felt like a scout who sees his 18-year-old kid get to the big leagues. Because I was like there watching. I'm like, damn, Ricky, right there, he's taking that turn. Oh, he's saying this. He's doing that. He's looking at this. He's doing that. I'm like, man, I'm so proud of you, Rick, because you had the presence. And even when you did uh, flub a little bit, only I knew yeah. Darren, yeah. you, you knew, but the audience didn't know. Be but and you instead of going, uh, 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 
you just kept on flowing. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. what's up right there, man. You did good. Yeah. You did well, really you, good. Just because you see, you see some of the best on TV do it, and they 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 have a little sometimes where they struggle getting out what what they're thinking too, and you're like, and they just recover quick. And it, I feel like it happens to everyone, just like a mistake can happen on the mound, but you have to make the adjustment quick right there on the fly. Yeah. It's almost the same thing, and and obviously you and I have been preparing for it for it for for a while now, and making sure I stay off of certain words and all that good stuff. So I feel like all that helped and it, it just helped me relax. And like I said, when I think the, the, the best part of it though is when you put it like, Hey, uh, Rick, pretend we're all watching the game with you in the living room. And that's who you're talking to. And, and you know how you tell us, Oh man, that pitch was nasty. Say that on TV. And that, and that's kind of what I, where I took it, you know, that, that that's just where, where I went with it. I was like, I'm going to be myself. I'm not going to try and use catchy words and, and try to get cute because when I get cute, everything kind of just yeah. doesn't go the way I want it to. Next thing you know, you're giving up a three run bomb to the pitcher, right? Exactly. Totally. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Hey, I, Beto, <laughs> I did watch, I, I caught, um, I, I was able to find it. Oh, okay. Uh, the next, the next morning. Oh, and cool. I thought he freaking, I, I thought the same thing. I thought he nailed it. I don't know a whole lot about like, camera presence and what you're supposed to do at a on a tv set i guess per se but um dude it, it, it just fired me up i, I was so pumped I, I wish i could have stayed awake but i couldn't my, my mom was mad because she says i didn't look at the camera enough and you're i was not like, supposed to me not to <laughs> wait they, they, they told you not to look right yeah, yeah yeah he's like you're having a conversation with darren yeah you're having a conversation with him but my mom's like you didn't even turn around and look at the camera at all and i'm like uh, okay, mom. <laughs> but you wait, 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 wait. You shouted your mom out. You said she was there with you. I did. Toronto. I did. Yeah. So I guess my dad was. I, I went home this 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 Sunday for Easter, and my I guess my mom's like, yeah, your dad said he was butthurt because he said he was there, and I was like, no, he wasn't. <laughs> he thought I was talking about my debut, the highlights they put up, and it was about opening day. So I had to uh, set something straight at home and and kind of set him straight and be like, dude, you weren't there. It was the opening day start. It wasn't. He, he was like all like sentido and like I was like daddy you'll, you'll be all right dude oh man people get I tell you when they watch TV like Ricky you pitch in front of 50,000 whatever uh you didn't say my dad was there with me for this one game they'll remember that now it's uh, so oh you- man I used to hear it all the time especially when you come to Anaheim and you're shy and and Josh will know this sometimes when you're in the dugout and people are screaming at you you really don't hear it you really don't hear it ever you you don't hear people like Unless they, they're screaming at the top of their lung. Well, I had an incident once, I think, where somebody came up to my mom. They're like, we can't believe how much Ricky's changed. Like, he didn't even pay attention to us in, in batting practice. And I'm like, what? I was like, batting practice is packed and it's loud. And we were here in Anaheim and everyone, you just hear screams. You really don't hear your name unless it's your dad and the whistle or the certain thing <laughs> you've got. Yeah. kind of gets your attention right away. But if you're like yelling, Ricky, 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 it's just like, what do you do? And I think people sometimes get in their feelings about it. And it's not that I'm trying to be big league or anything like that, but it's just I sometimes don't you don't hear it when you're on the field as much. Right. Well, they're yelling Ricky along with the other 30,000 people yelling Ricky. Right. Just like his kids are yelling right now. What's up, Sebastian? Yeah. (laughs) Jeez. But it's um, Rick. But it's true, though. It's um, I've had that issue in, in St. Louis. And I just tell my close friends, I say, hey, just use my nickname. Use a nickname. Because if somebody uses a nickname with me, I'll know where it's coming from. But if you yeah. just yell Josh, I don't. 
not that anybody, everybody was really yelling for me, but um, <laughs> but in St. Louis they were because you were you were, yeah. you were close to home, right? Yeah, right. Local I grew up thirty minutes from St. Louis, so that was uh, you know, and with all the tickets, I mean, geez, the, the list goes on. It, it's fun to go play in your hometown, but it's uh, it's stressful and a lot of work. What, what was the nickname they had to yell at you? Just J- most of most of my friends just call me JT. Oh, okay. Oh, I it was yeah, I mean, I I can feel Josh on the on the ticket stuff. Um, my first start here in Anaheim was the same thing. It was like you're getting pulled left and right. Hey, can you leave tickets? Can you leave such and such tickets? And I had a bad start. And I remember after that that bad start in Anaheim, I told my mom after I was like, listen, when I come here, it's a business trip, and we're we come here to win ball games, and it's not for me to say hi to 30 million people. That come that want to say hi to me after a game. I come to see you guys and spend time with you guys. It's nothing against anyone else, but I got a job to do when I come here. Right. So next time we came, I said, "Here you go. I'm leaving 20 tickets. You do whatever you want with them." That's and that was Ricky. It. That, that's you funny. You did that. I I did the same thing. I, I had that. That's where I drew the line because I was tired of getting the list of 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 John needs three tickets. Tim needs four yeah. tickets. I, I said, I told my mom, you get X amount of tickets and you divvy them up. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. It- and the cool thing, and the cool thing about those that too, Josh, and you know, you know this. Um, usually, you get four tickets at every city, every game. In order to get more tickets, other guys have to pass them on to you. So whoever's not using the tickets, you say, hey, can I get your tickets for today's game? Yada yada yada. So you go around. The cool thing about when you when when I came to Anaheim, it's like. The veteran guys knew me as a young guy. They knew they're like, hey, man, we know this is your hometown here. We'll give you we'll, I'll pass over my tickets. You have an extra four, an extra four. So that's how that's how they start adding up. And then next thing you know, you can say, hey, mom, here's 20 tickets. Do whatever you want with. Them. Right. I, I always I go ahead. Babe. No, no, go ahead. Tony. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I always went to I, I just would I got to the point I, I was tired of getting passwords and all of that. I just would you go to the traveling secretary. Yeah, and you say, true. hey. You dump 20 tickets into my account, and most of them know, and they'll they'll do that. And that's what, like, I've referenced Mike Shaw a handful of times, but that's what Mike was so good at was, was. when we would go to to a first, we'd go to St. Louis on an interleague, um, interleague play, and I didn't even have to ask Mike Shaw. The, the tickets were in my account. He just knew, and he had a he just had awesome feel with that. But people yeah, don't know did. that you also got to pay for those tickets. You got to pay taxes on this stuff. Right, yeah, and it's yeah. like, yeah. and then okay, how many times would be like, oh, these are the tickets he left me up here? Yeah, why are they so high? I had that at Yankee Stadium one time. Family section at Yankee Stadium is in the second it's, deck. Second deck, yeah. You can get, it's the closest you can get to the field. And I had, yeah. I left somebody, I left uh, two different groups of friends tickets, and the one group I didn't know that well, and I, I knew the, I knew the other friend a lot better, and. He had said that the guy was complaining about how high the seats were. I said, "Hell, next time you're gonna go into the third deck out in the freaking left field. How about that? Yeah. Or buy your own. Or buy your yeah, own. Yeah, get your damn own. Get off your yeah. wallet and sit by the dugout. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and the reason they don't give you, they don't give you, and the reason at Yankee Stadium they don't give you in the first deck is because why are they gonna give them to you for free when they can sell them for like five hundred dollars and people are gonna pay? Well, we saw that the other day, right, Ricky, with the alumni. Uh, what each team does for the alumni. Like certain mm-hmm. teams, oh, you get four tickets no matter what. Yankees are like, oh, alumni, cool. Go to Ticketmaster and uh, you can get some tickets here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's just the way it is. I mean, it's the Yankee way, man. They just do things differently. And and they're the reason why they're the, it's the Yankees, you know. And it does, just, it's, uh, it, it's, dude, 
if you're really a friend of yours, you're gonna go and support the dude, man. That's what you. That's what I always yeah. tell people. Like, just yeah. go out there. It's like, it's like, okay, what's harder? Figuring out the ticket list for your home game or your wedding? Who's going to your wedding? Right? It's the same thing. Like <laughs> trying to figure out you can't please anybody. Right. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough, but we do our best. And like I said, I for me, you you know me, Beto. I would big friends big leaguing big leaguing them in a stadium. Yeah. I would never do that. Well, you know, you tough. change, Ricky. You change, bro. That's you might as well have West LA on your shirt. You're not East LA. Hey, I, hey, funny story though. When I signed my contract, who was there having drinks with me that night? This guy, Josh. Really? <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, your extension. We. Yeah, remember in Anaheim? Oh, me? Yeah, you. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I thought I you were talking. Not me. Oh, no, wait. Not Josh. Oh, wait. wait I, that's, where yeah. you signed, that's where you signed your deal? In 2010, yeah. We already had Matt, and then he was cool as hell from the beginning. And I was like, at first, I was like, what's this media guy like want? Who is this guy, and what does he want? I just want to and interview. We, and then we... He, he interviewed me and then we just hit it off and it was like, bam, like we were, he was my boy. So when I signed my contract, I came to Anaheim and I was like, Hey man, come out and, and celebrate with me and let's have a few drinks. And he came out. I didn't and that's where you- I kind of, <clears throat> that's where my trust for him grew. Cause I was like, yeah, yeah. you just oh. never know like media and stuff or like, you know, what's being, not that we did anything crazy, but it was like, I thought it was cool. You know, we, we kind of just shared more. Yeah. I didn't even know you had to sign your contract. Like I didn't know what was going on. So like Josh, the story with him is, um, I was also I also covered the Lakers and I saw Ricky. So what I would always do is anybody who came to LA, I had to do like a minute report on them. I could do whatever I want <clears throat> every yeah. single day for the radio. I had a 60 second report on ESPN Radio and I would always try to find somebody who had an LA connection to do it. So you could be the bench guy. Uh, it doesn't matter. You could be the bullpen coach. It doesn't matter. I even I tried to get Rox Royal interview, but they, the Mets would have let me because he was a, a local kid. And then uh, Ricky. He's running sprints with the Kobe Bryant T-shirt on in Anaheim. And I was like, let me go down there and talk to this dude. And I got a couple minutes with him. It was a cool story. Back and forth. That was it. No big deal. We're just trying to give some guy. Uh, and then, we, like I said, we hit it off. I did an off-season workout with him, trying to do everything else. And then in Anaheim, he's like, hey, we're going out tonight. I'm like, ah, that's not my style to go out with players or anything like that. But by that time, I kind of already knew him enough. So I was like, all yeah. right, cool. I'll go out. And... You said you signed your contract. I didn't even know you had a big contract. That I, I just went out. Well, it was cool. I was that day. We yeah, we went. <laughs> we hung out in Orange County. Like it was just that that day, huh? Wow. Yeah. Go figure. No wonder your agent was hanging out. Hey, by the way, all that Kobe stuff. Golly, I wish I would have saved that, dude. I used to customize. You know, Josh. I yeah. used to customize yeah. all my Kobe stuff because you used to be able to Nike ID it. Now you can't, obviously. But I had so many shoes that I used to train in that I threw away because they were, I used to just wear them out. And now I see those shoes on like um, on shoe uh, websites, and I'm like, oh my god! Not that I was gonna resell them because they were used, but God, I wish I would have saved them. Anyways, that's a conversation for another, yeah, day. another day. All right, uh, we're gonna wrap it up pretty soon. I just wanted because Tolly's got to go see the ghost in Scranton. Um, I gotta go watch my kids' basketball game. Ricky's got kids running around the house, and we're also on baby watch in Southern California because Ricky's yep. wife is ready to. Have a any day, any day, any, any day. moment. So next week, totally, yeah. it might be me, you, and Marty Brown doing the podcast. We don't even know, <laughs> or the chimney, nah, or the we'll, ghost. We'll, we'll, we'll bring the we'll, if if the baby's here, we'll bring her along too. We'll set up, we'll set her up right here, and just bam. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So uh, let's get to this. I really want to get into this. Opening day is always special, no matter what people get all involved with it, and it's fun. 
I want to go back, not to your opening day major league one. I want to go opening day, your first minor league season. Oh. Where were you, Ricky and Tolly? I mean, it's one thing because you guys probably went from, oh, you both, Ricky, you were in college, and then all of a sudden you're in the minors. Like, okay, this is cool. Tolly, yeah. you signed out of high school where it's probably like 20 people at your games to all of a sudden you're in a crowd. So think about this. Yeah. As you guys think about Indeed. your memories of your first opening day when you're that 18-year-old kid or that 21-year-old kid. You guys are racking your brains right now. I love that because I know you guys remember your big league opening days, but the one where you look around, you're like, damn, I'm actually wearing a professional uniform for the first time. What was that like? Yeah, so I'll say this. My 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 road was a little different, right? So um, I went to the Gulf Coast League my very first year in professional baseball. So I don't I, I don't count that. That's that's a pretty much like glorified spring training. There's no fans there. You play at ten o'clock in the morning. My first real opening day was in short season in Kingsport, Tennessee. Um, what I remember about it, I mean, that just kind of chaps me right now that I um, <laughs> I don't remember it. I I mean that would have been my first opening day. We definitely said a prayer before the game as um, as the stands. That's what they did out there. Um, really? Not the national, not the national anthem. Really? The lo- yeah, the local priest prayed. Um, I mean, dude, this is going to drive me crazy. All right, all right, Ricky. Yeah, uh, for me, it, it, similar to Josh, when I signed, I went straight to short season, so their their season had already started. I was more focused on looking for Auburn University than I was. <laughs> So that the season has started there already. Everyone knew each other, but the following year, I believe I start. I, yeah, I started off in Dunedin because I skipped uh, Lowe, Lansing, Michigan. And Josh knows because he played in the Florida State League. Opening day, there is probably a total of maybe 10 people. Wow. So um, there isn't very many fans that go to that to those games. And yeah, it was nothing exciting, nothing uh, crazy. Um, the following year, I went to New Hampshire and that was a little bit more. Uh, you get more fans there and uh, excitement. And I think I spent the next two and a half years in, in New Hampshire. So I was part of two opening days there in um, small city and um, in uh, in with the Fisher Cats right there in New Hampshire and uh, Manchester, Manch Vegas, we used to call it Manchester. <laughs> Manch Vegas. Uh, yeah, and and um, Josh played there too because he was in the same league. So big, the Big Empton Mets, we'd always play them. So I remember those. I don't remember like like anything vividly because I feel like yeah, it's not the big leagues. Yeah, so. that, that, this reason I wanted to get into that because I wanted you guys to rack your brain about that to yeah. to kind of just show the people, let them hear about the road of where you're at because mm-hmm. as much as opening day is always cool, you got to go back to where you started. And totally, this is where I was going with this. Your team in your first year in Kingsport 2006, the Appalachian League, yep. of all the guys on that roster, three of you made it to the major leagues. Yep. Like that's how hard the odds of getting there. You, Daniel Murphy, and uh, where's this guy? A pitcher that was on there too. Uh, Jose De La Torre. Jose De La Torre. That's yeah. who it is. You three made it to the major leagues on a roster of over 40-something guys. And that's where I want to fast forward with you. Tolly, your first big league, major league opening day. 
would have been 2011 with the Mets. Um, opening days in New York are, I mean, that's that's why that's what you play for. Um, I, one of my favorite opening days was when I was with the Blue Jays. We were at Yankee Stadium to open up, and just I mean, just the feel of New York and all, the the stadium filled to the brim, and then the flyovers that the the people parachuting in that's that's what I, I that's one of my favorite parts of opening day is that kind of uh tradition of of the pastime that i think is is what uh what, what opening day is about yeah man like that's uh ricky your major league opening day oh man it, josh says new york is where it's at but oh man it's tough to compete against toronto on opening day for me and I was part of a few other opening days for other teams um, when we would go play against them. But Toronto is just on another level. I feel like it's a 24-hour party, literally. It's like people just start drinking early. Bars are packed. You can't walk anywhere without it being Blue Jay gear everywhere. It's it's pretty special. And I remember in 2009, um, I was staying at the hotel because I was a young rookie. I said they didn't have a place to live. I was still trying to figure that out because I made the team late. Um, so I stayed at the hotel, so it was an easy walk from the hotel down to the stadium. And Roy Halladay was pitching that night um, against the Detroit Tigers. And I just remember the the energy that when they when they announce your name, when you line up down the line and, and they, they say your name and the camera gets put on you for a slight three, four seconds and you wave to the crowd and how everyone just starts going crazy. That that to me is what opening day is all about. And. Um, obviously you fast forward a couple more, a couple years, and then I'm the starting pitcher and it's, that's even crazier. The adrenaline rush that you feel during that time for me, I was more nervous playing catch or stretching playing catch and then, uh, going into the bullpen than I was into the real game. Like it was crazy. Like my, my heart just, dude, when I walked out in 11, I walked out to the, through the left field fence. I literally, all you could hear was people going, Ricky. Ricky, Ricky, the stadium was packed already, packed. And I was like, oh, my God, like, what is going on right now? And I started looking around, and I was like, I got to take it all in because when I'm out on that mound, I just got to zone all this out. And and I did. I just – it just – it fired me up. It was like the best stretch of my life. I, was like, felt so loose. I'm warming up. The ball's just coming out of my hand nicely. And I get in that bullpen, and my heart's just ready to jump out of my jersey and then once I made that walk from the bullpen down to the to the dugout, it was like, okay, now it's time to zone it in and 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 lock it in here. And when you let go of that first pitch and you realize I just threw the opening day pitch for the Toronto Blue Jays, it just it meant a lot. I mean, why? Because look at my shirt. I mean, this is where I came from. You know, it just it just meant so much. Damn, I, I right there that gave me chills right there. Totally the really, yeah, really, it. There, I mean, you you nailed it. The the passion of the fans. Now, I, I'll say this: the one thing about Toronto, no doubt. I mean, it, it is buzz for the five days leading up to opening day. There, I mean, it, it is. It feels like a a party nonstop there with the uh, with all the fans. The thing about that, uh, even no matter what the weather is, I the dome in Toronto gave gave it a different feel for me because I think. When you think baseball, I think spring. I think yeah. uh, weather changes. I, I so even that it's cold and you're playing in New York in April, 
that it, it still was it was refreshing. But um, yeah. I, 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 Ricky, I had a similar a similar uh, thing in 2011 um, when I started opening day behind the plate was I, I, I said I, I thought to myself how crazy it is. Just think I'm one of 30 guys in the world that is doing this today. That's it. Damn. Yeah. Like who, who did you catch? Starting. Who did you catch? Uh, 2011 would have been, uh, I think probably Johan. That's dope. Yeah. That's dope. It would have probably been Johan. So, I mean, we, we had, a, we still had a little bit older, uh, starting rotation. Yeah. You, you uh, yeah. 2011, Josh Tolley, 24 years old in New York. And, uh, Ruben Polanco actually has a pretty good question about being a kid in the stands. And I'm going to play off of it. This will be the last uh, question before we get going. You, you're a big leaguer. You're an opening day guy. Tolly, you grew up going to uh, Cardinal games. Right. Rick, Ricky, you grew, grew up going to Dodger games. And everybody yeah. in the stands as a kid is saying, hey, I, one day I'm going to play there. One day I'm going to be a big leaguer. They're going to do that. Did you ever have that moment of where you kind of looked up and said, damn, actually made it on opening day? Wait, did you look up and you're like, did you go back? Did you have like those Hollywood flashback memories of like, Hell yeah. yeah! Hell yeah! Hell yeah! I, I, for me, it was like every day was was. I was in on cloud nine every day. You know where 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 it got me during batting practice when I'd be shagging. I wanted to shag every single ball, especially on opening day, the yeah. first time there. I I was running like crazy, throwing balls into the stands. Why? Because I was once that kid in the stands hoping for a ball to be thrown at me. And I love throwing balls into the stands. Sometimes I'd get in trouble for it. Um, but I really didn't care. I'd be like, just take it out of my paycheck. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, it was one of those things where it just – every time I had the – when I wasn't starting and I had the pleasure of uh, of going out there and shagging in the big leagues, it was, it was special for me. And there's a reason why that led on to other things where I became the Blue Jays' uh, first pitch uh, catch uh, – I used to catch the first pitch for everyone uh, that threw out the first pitch, whether it was a little kid, whether it was a celebrity. And I, and I, and there was a lot of celebrities, but there was also a lot of cool kids I met along the way, adults, whoever it was, my, my dad throwing it on, on father's day. It led on to those things. And I, I just, for me, I never took it for granted. Every time I'd walk into that clubhouse and see my Jersey hanging with the, the, the you know, the big two, four, it was I I look at it and I was like, man, I'm pumped that that my dad's last name is on the back of my jersey and I'm repping him and I'm repping all of East Los Angeles every time I head out there. So that was that was that was a cool part for me. Yeah, I I I could echo the same thing. I mean, every every opening day, I mean, as you get going through the season, um, it doesn't really change. But I opening day was the day where it's like, holy shit, I'm 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 the guy, I'm doing this. And yeah. I've I mean, it does. It, it, it's um it's weird to think that it's it's over to a point. I, I thought yeah. I, I I caught a thing the other day, uh, Devin Travis was on a podcast and he said he has one regret in the game. He says that's not um not really, you know, pinching himself every day going, Wake up, like this is this is real. And you, you, I think you, you sometimes, I mean, I have most definitely in my career taken, taken sometimes for granted when you just, when you're going through 162 and the travel and this and that. But, uh, 
it, it's it's easy to, to take for granted and feel that you belong and you're the guy and everything else. But when you really step back and look at the fans and I, I was the same way, Ricky, that was me. I mean, I made signs. I was on TV. I was on TV as a kid because of a sign that I had. Like that's just what we did. You had a sign totally? What did it say? Yeah, it was the McGuire. Uh, it was the McGuire Sosa home run. Remember when that was yeah, the nine, home run? 98. Going on? 98. In nine, yeah, we were in uh, the right field bleachers. Right field bleachers. And I had a sign that said uh, something like, hey, Big Mac, hit it here. And it had a target <laughs> on it. Didn't uh, it was like uh, Brandon Crawford? I think not, um, he had a sign one day, yep. or he stood by a sign, and then he kind of redid the whole picture because he yep. was at Candlestick yep. watching the Giants grow up. And then, I mean, how how crazy is that? And and that's that's a lot of us. That that I mean, you talk to most big leaguers. I mean, probably 98 percent of big leaguers. They'll tell you that there were those kids sitting in those stands at one point looking up to those guys uh, out on the field. And I think that's why I represented it so well. And I took it to heart when it came to that. I want to be a good role model and I want to be known as, uh, you know, not Ricky Romero, the, the baseball player, more, more Ricky Romero, the, the great person that he was. So anything I, that involved kids and, and whether it was hospital visits and stuff like that, it yeah. always gave me the energy to, to realize the impact that I can make. And, and, and I think that's why, special for me i i pinch myself every time i'd go to yankee stadium every time i'd walk into fenway and i was like wow like i get to do this here like yep. i mean i grew up in in um on belvedere park salazar park and evergreen park playing there in high school and and now i'm like this is the the cream of the crop it doesn't get any better than this and i think that's why it's so special and you're right josh i mean when you look back at it you're like i we did it and we're we're part of that what is it like nineteen thousand. It's players that have ever played in the big leagues. It's crazy, yeah. man. When you look at the, the whole world, I mean, it's a world sport. Um, everyone, I mean, that's 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 the top, the big leagues. And uh, and when you when you think about what we're the impact that we were able to have and what we accomplish, it. I mean, I sleep good at night. For a while, I didn't because of the way my career ended. But now I'm like, look back at it, and I'm like, man, this this is dope. Like I did it. Well, I lived it. Yeah. That's that's what I always say, Ricky. People say, well, how hard is it that you're not playing? Like, watching opening day was a little strange to me at first. It, it just had a weird feel about it because I've never been watching opening day really from my couch. I've been playing, whether it be in the minor leagues or the big leagues. But you're, you're right. I mean, there there's nothing I, – I, I can honestly say everything's been left on the table or everything's been left out on the field. I, I've left nothing – to second guess or say, boy, I wish I did it different, or I wish I would have done this. Like, yeah, I did, well, they, well, I, I did it for a I heard this, time, and that's it. This is where it hit me, guys, last time when I heard somebody say, you take every big leaguer that's ever played in the big leagues, you can't even fill up half a Dodger stadium. And I was like, whoa, wow. that's crazy. That's wow. crazy. That's crazy. That's when crazy. you play it like that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And we'll leave it right there. Man, good stories again. Man, the podcast continues to evolve every single week. And now we're getting people asking if they can come on. But no, I'm going to say no to everybody because I just want to hear more Tony stories about being in right field with Big Mac. And hit it here, Big Mac. I love that. And Tony, yeah. you're right. This is the first time you've never been in a uniform for opening day. Right. And Yeah. yeah. That's why I try to keep myself busy, truly. Yeah. I mean, I, I run around. I hustle. I run around like a chicken with my head cut off. I was but like I that too, to Josh. 
I was like that too the first couple years that that I stopped playing. Now I'm like, I take it all in and I feel like it's cool, like watching it on TV. But I I I exactly know how I feel, how you feel. It it you 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 don't even, it's almost like you want to watch but you don't want to watch. You're like ah whatever, and then you ca- you catch yourself like kind of. Oh, there's there's a like right now Jay Haps on the mound, you know, and you're like, whoa, like I used to catch that guy, you know, or I used to play catch with him in Toronto. Right. And, it's- and that's the <laughs> thing, Ricky. That, that well, one more thing because I I I catch myself. I said, oh, that's okay. I'll catch some highlights later. But then I walk downstairs. I flip the TV on. Now all of a sudden I have three games on at seven o'clock, and I'm going <laughs> in between games. I'm calling the game in my head. It's like, okay, I do, hell, I do really miss it. I I, I truly yeah. miss it, but. But yeah. you know that's um, it, it is what it is. I, I'm a baseball rat. That's what I love to do. Um, yeah. it, it's just and, and, it's, I, it's, and, it's, and it's honestly cool. It's honestly cool. The times I've gotten to watch games with like um, our group chat, Beto, Ace, um, Marco, those guys when they come to the house and and I sit there and explain to him to them what's going on yeah. or what I'm because they're so interested in it. And I explained, they're like, whoa, I, I never thought that was that was actually going on during the game or I, I didn't know this was going on. And you get to kind of see it and, and you for, from our eyes, you see it completely different. Yeah. You know, right. we're not going to sit there and bash a guy for missing a pitch or say like, oh, he's an idiot. He should have hit that ball out when it's like, man, right. like, you know how hard that is? You know, yeah. sometimes this happens. You, there's outs, there's bad outings, there's whatever, there's good outings, but – it's cool when you get to open up a different side for the for the crowd that's used to watching it on TV. And that's what we're doing here on the podcast. It's the stories that we're telling, and it continues to evolve. We're here every single Tuesday, live at 10 o'clock Pacific. We have people in Panama watching us. I know they're going to catch up to us in uh, Manitoba, Vancouver. Uh, I, I'm going to start sending you the, the analytics totally. You're going to start tripping out on like, where people actually Big listen. Big Maybe the ghosts in Scranton are listening to Man, us today. see, we were doing so good, Ricky. <laughs> we were doing so good. Now you got totally thinking about right it. Now. Yeah. Like, oh, gosh. Well, yeah. you guys are getting a, regardless. You're getting a picture today. All no, right, we're 100%. not. You're gonna you're gonna take the picture today, and you're gonna text it to us on Friday. That's what's gonna happen. I'm in Scranton. I have good service. <laughs> All right, thanks a lot, everybody. I know everybody's okay, gonna go. Guys. We'll see you uh, next week. Uh, keep you let uh, go to the Let's Go Ricky Roll Instagram page. Totally, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Good luck in Scranton. Uh, say hello to Michael Scott, Ricky. Uh, Get your workout in. Uh, hopefully the baby doesn't come this week because we got golf later on. Uh, we got a big golf on Monday. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, the baby get in the way of the golf. Exactly. Yeah. Now you understand us. Thanks a lot, everybody. Yeah. We'll talk to you soon. Like, uh, make All sure you right. rate, review. Yeah. Bye.